When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that magical five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, and please subscribe. We're almost at 500 subscribers on YouTube. So if you can go ahead and give us some love out there by liking what we do, all the videos, so you can get everybody's attention that we're on the air. Subscribe and do whatever it is you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Ox1947 is there roaming the world and realm of LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out the conversation there today. Plus also as well, you see it on his hat. It is Simblades, simbladeswithaway.com. If you want a better lawn in the Southern California area than you have today, go ahead and check out Simblades, simbladeswithaway.com. Plus, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom said he will be back for Thursday's game. And maybe I'll even have a late night Lakers fast break with Jamie Sweet. Those guys are at Lakerholics.com, so go ahead and check out what they're doing today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, and as Sean Grice slams the beer on the table, I think we're all set. Just go ahead and make sure you do all you can to like and subscribe what we do. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers, it comes down to 23 games. And good evening, Kenneth. Glad to have you here in the world's best Lakers fast break chat that's out there for the lakers fast break it is 23 games left in the season it is lebron james saying that he's going to do everything in his power to go ahead and get the lakers into a play-in or playoff mix because these are 23 of the most important regular season games of his career and as it comes down to it we've got a new team in place a new lineup a new eight to 10 man rotation in place. Will the Lakers do it? That's what we're going to talk about today. Plus also as well, some of the interesting storylines coming in this part of the post all-star game season. What are some of those interesting storylines? I know there's one in Phoenix. I know there's one in Dallas. I know there's a lot more as well, as far as the interesting storylines. So we'll talk about that. Plus our thoughts on where the Lakers will end up a little bit more. We've done even some more research. We've done even some more thinking about it. How do we think the next few games will hold for the Lakers and what they need to do to go ahead and start out this post-All-Star break strong? And here today to talk about it, first man up, first man here. You got to go ahead and make sure your lawn is transformed in the Southern California area today like no other because it's Simblades that'll do it. Simblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Soro, and Joe, good to have you here, my friend. It is that time down to 23 games. It starts tomorrow night, Golden State. They come into the crypt. There's no more fooling around, man. We got to get on a four out of five, five out of seven, maybe like an eight out of 10 game winning streak right there. We've got to start kicking some butt now 
or else we can just kiss the season goodbye. I think I think we've been saying that for three months now. Yeah, <laughs> they ended the first half. Well, if you can call it first half before the All Star break. Well, by blowing out a team that had beaten us uh, not too long before then, and they're going to be playing a team that's already a superstar down. To say that this is a, a, a not a must win, but a should should win is an understatement. It's, you got to start this off at home on the right foot because you're going what three days. Two days later, you're going to be going to Dallas and then going to Memphis. And it could be this next three games could create enough momentum one way or the other on where they're going to end up being. They're likely going to have to win one of those two games in Dallas and Memphis. Obviously, they have to win tomorrow. They go two and one the next three games. I, uh, we, we can look at that and say, yeah, that's probably what we were expecting. But if they really want to show their stuff, they got to go 3-0. and They go 3-0, and mm-hmm. I'm going to probably take them a little bit more seriously on the next game. But every time we've taken them seriously, they retreat. So if LeBron James, barring a catastrophic injury, takes any games off the remaining 23 games, it'll finally be the uh, the nail in the coffin in terms of what people are saying versus what they're doing. LeBron has told us the rhetoric before. My advice to him, if I was his agent or manager, is stop talking. Go do the job. Enough talking. We're We're about over with the talking. Go in the games and don't sit out games that you're not supposed to be sitting down on. And really, at this point, it doesn't matter if they're playing Charlotte or Orlando. You have no business conceding any games the rest of the way. If you're healthy, your butt better be on that on that floor. And that's that's just the way it's got to be. 20 years or not, you're still making $40 million a year. If you don't want to play those, if you want to play 60 games a, a year, then take a pay cut so that we can get somebody to cover the other 22. That's something that the CBA, and we'll get into that later on the show, something that I really want to discuss because Charles Barkley had mentioned something, and I know Charles usually is, I call him broken clock because he's wrong pretty much all day, every day, except the two times that the clock just happens to sit on that correct time. So, But he might be right on this one. This might be the broken clock one. It, it, it needs to be something where we need to start getting a handle on this. If you don't, if you, if you think that 82 games is outdated, then your contract needs to be outdated too. And I'll leave it at that. Also here today to talk about what's going on with the rest of the season. A good man. Indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out here in a couple days when he hosts his first magic man in the morning. That is magic man. Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. I was just working on your intro here before we went on the air. Uh, trying to go ahead and make it more morning themed for you. Uh, your thoughts, though, on what they need to do in these first few games because they need to come out hot. They need to come out, uh, like like Joe said, on a good enough streak that will give them the confidence enough to go ahead and build on that momentum for the rest of the season. I'm hearing varying thoughts on on whether the rest of the season is going to be very difficult or very easy. It depends on who you ask and it depends on which chart or which site you go to. It seems to be varying levels of difficulty as far as for the rest of the season. I just know when you step into golden state coming to the crypt, then you've got Memphis and then you've got some other good teams right beyond that. The task out of the all-star break is not an easy one, but it needs to be done. Needs to be done, Gerald. Needs to be done. You're right. Um, and Gerald was right, too. You should definitely beat Golden State. And then you play Dallas. Yeah, they have they have Luka and uh, and Kyrie, and they might put one over on you. But I'm with Joe. I don't either. You know, if they're serious about about this, then if they go 3-0, and all, then they're cooking with gas. 
that would be uh, showing everybody that he was serious. He was dead serious. I think we could go 3-0, and Gerald, but like you said, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, so beyond those two, Dallas still has a couple of shooters. Uh, Josh Green is a, is a very good player, so that's not an easy task. And then Memphis. Memphis, it's it's Ja, the Wings, and Triple J. That's that's pretty much their team. Um, they have more talent than we do. Um, I think we give ourselves a shot in the arm against them. <sighs> but yeah, I'm like I'm with Joe. I'm I'm leaning towards just more two and one. But I I really think, like Joe said, they if they're if they want to. They want to drop their nuts and and let everybody know that they're for real. Yeah, they need to go three and zero. Absolutely, I think that they need to start off hot. They need to go really, really, really fast, and they need to start their urgency now if it hasn't started already. Kenneth Stones in the chat, and he says at least two and zero, lose the third, and win the fourth. A uh, three out of four. That's that. I can, that's a seven fifty winning percentage. That at least gets them close to five hundred. But as I told Kenneth, I understand Darvin Ham's uh, thinking, Joe. That you know what he said in the last practice was that the goal is to get to sixth place in the Western Conference, and that's the goal. That's a nice goal. I would start off with just get to five hundred ASAP. That's where I'd start first. Yeah. How about we just? How about we just start with? Like a short stack yeah. of wins. Let's just start. Let's just start there yeah. and get yeah. there as fast as yeah. we can to five hundred, like and then three. we can start talking. You start with the short stack, and then let's move forward. And if you're still hungry, then maybe you go on a little bit of a run. But yeah, I agree, Jerv. Let's start with that. Joe, what are your thoughts? They're gonna have a chance to play a lot of teams that are ahead of them, just above their heads. Mm-hmm. Gonna be able to gain a game on each of those wins should they get them and as far as having a goal of getting to sixth i don't i don't really mind having that goal because that's that's pretty much how our brains are thinking as laker fans we want to get to number six because they're three and a half games out of sixth place for 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 more than more than for for two reasons really number one you guarantee yourself in the playoffs because the playing to me is not a considered a playoff to me. It's playing as a, it's just an extra week of trying to find out which team is less lousy. The six and the three is important because I believe that Phoenix, once Durant gets back next Wednesday, will likely make a run to that second seed. And then you'll have Denver and Phoenix at the one and two. However, let's say Phoenix gets the three and Memphis stays at two, and then Denver stays at one, you might be better off not playing Phoenix in the first round. So I'm kind of torn on where I want the Lakers to fall. If they face Phoenix in the first round, they're going to get bounced in five, maybe six, if the Lakers are healthy. But then again, we also thought Brooklyn was going to go to the NBA Finals a few years back when they acquired James Harden. However, we're going by what the paper is saying right now. We don't really know that. We have to see what happens to Durant, and we can make that assessment. However, if we do face Memphis or Denver, even though we've had Denver's number, I would prefer to face Memphis because Memphis has a, how do you say, mental disadvantage in the playoffs. Still young, still mouthing off, even though they haven't won squat. Kind of reminds me of a low-rent Clippers team. Clippers don't talk as much, though, because Kawhi doesn't really talk. Paul George, as long as he, you know, like I said, as long as he has his in his strip clubs, he doesn't really talk either. So you want to kind of gauge, gauge. Hey, don't put your hand on your head. That's what cost them the 3-1 lead in, in 2020. And you, you don't don't deny that. That's what happened. I'm not going to deny that. I'm Good. Deny Good. That. Well, hey, they, they need to hear it. I just wish it would have been phrased better. That would be well, well, what do you want me to say? Uh, girly, girly restaurants. Is that more politically correct? Gentlemen's club, I think is the best way to refer. Look, I've been to those places before. There's no gentleman in there. Believe me. The bottom line is we are in a spot that we cannot really predict anything. 
because we have been unpredictable. We have played well and sucked most of the time. That's pretty much how you can phrase the 22-23 NBA season. We have played well in spurts and sucked the rest of the time. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that these guys can't play day in and day out. And I don't know if I'm going to expect that the last quarter of the year. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, LeBron says he's all ready to, to gear it up to play 23. I, I, I have to see it to believe it. I'll be honest with you. And I think I'll say the same thing for AD as well. I know we hit one of our comments the other day for our predictions on how the Lakers will have to finish out or thought we were going to finish out either from us was a 15 and eight or 16 and seven. Somebody said uh, eight and 15 because they had no inclination of, of expecting AD to finish out the games. They thought he was going to get hurt, which I can't say I, you know, I say is unreasonable. I can't say that's not something you might not expect because right now, Sean, you know, until that new Orleans game, we thought he was looking hurt. And now maybe with a week off, he's going to feel a lot better, but this is Anthony Davis. And the last 23 games not only could be a predictor for the future of this current Lakers team and roster, but also, as a side note, could be a precursor, as we love on this, you know, that word so much on this show, a uh, future for Anthony Davis on the Lakers, or maybe not on the Lakers as well. Yes, Gerald, I want to talk about the second part there, maybe not on the Lakers Look, man, I'm going to I'm going to double down. I'm going to triple down on what we were talking about. OK, he's been dealing with that foot injury since 2020. And I I'm telling you, Gerald, we both see it. It's, it's bothering him and it's and it's going to linger. I think it will linger, uh, unfortunately, because I don't think he's like we know he's he just for it's the body type. It's the chutzpah. He can't stay healthy. There hasn't been a period in his career where he's gone more than eight weeks without suffering some kind of either uh, a knickknack injury or something a little more serious, but not necessarily severe. I mean, he you know he can he can chug along for about two two and a half months, and then he it, it eventually happens. So I think that's just going to follow him for the rest of his career, unfortunately, because it's it's just become a pattern with him. Now he's still, he could still drop, you know, 27, 12, four and, and three and a half in, in 36, 38 minutes when he's properly motivated, when he's got what he seen, what he feels like is good chemistry out in the court and, and reliable uh, defenders but you know he's he's a strange cat in the sense that it seemed like just to me Gerald it seems like when he won that championship it seemed like he was satisfied if you know what i mean yeah it, it, yeah it's it it seemed like like some guys are just they're happy when they just win one they get that that one, and that's kind of what i got from him i don't see the same intensity I don't see the same ferocity when he's meeting people at the rim. Uh, and we've he seen had it, it for a little while earlier this year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then, and then unfortunately he got hurt and, and I'm not sure if there's, if there's a correlation between the two where he's injured, he comes back and he doesn't want necessarily want to, a, a go, uh, at a hundred 
to start out with, and he's just pacing himself. I'm not sure what it is, but um, I, it's difficult for me to to picture him and LeBron playing together for longer than maybe one more season. If this, especially given these patterns, and let's face it, Gerald, would it really be that shocking if he was traded in the summer? No, not at no, no, no. It wouldn't be a shock. Might be. I think it would be more shocking. Well, let's say if the Lakers do what we're hoping that they're going to do, they go sixteen and seven, or you know, fifteen and eight, or they go, you know, maybe what Laker Tom would probably say, twenty and three. And they and they go and they get into the playoffs. They make a strong run. They get into like the second round of the playoffs, and things are looking good for the end of the season. They go out maybe in six games or whatnot to whoever it is in the second round. And but AD is very dominant and very uh, he's playing up to his capabilities. Then it's harder to go ahead and ask for a trade. But that is a very small likelihood that that will happen. And if that's the case, I think they should keep their options open. Will they? Again, we're dealing with the same front office that has been inept for the most part until this past two weeks or about the last two seasons. So uh, I have to see it to believe it with them. But I would definitely, as Joe has said, we, we, we gave and he promised and he told me and he convinced me to give AD one season. But during the season, it's been all over the place from him playing like an MVP to him being injured and coming back and looking like he's hurt. You know, we can't go through this roller coaster, like you said, Sean, not much longer. I think it's in their best interest, whatever situation that comes out of it as far as the next 23 games, to at least evaluate and look at the possibility, Joe, of an AD trade this summer. Just look at it. I'm just saying look at it. Like Kenneth, I'm just saying look at it. Uh, I think we've looked at it already. I think there would be something legitimate. In I the think the front office should look at it. The front office has to look at it because you you, you want to commit to a LeBron era of winning titles. You have to go and you have to give that a shot. Or you might think there's nothing that's going to come in return for AD to warrant a trade. Therefore, you're better off taking a chance going at it again the following year. You might think you have a better chance doing it that way than the other way. That's going to be an assessment that Rob and Jeannie and the crew need to figure out. I, I don't know which way to go on that one. I'll be honest with you. I, I wouldn't know. They would have to have a haul. They would have to have a haul that would make sense. The way Rob made his deadline trade, I, I, I was surprised at how they did commit to that no contracts beyond the end of this season. Well, look what you got for KD. I mean, KD got a lot back in return for a, what, a 34-year-old player who was coming off uh, some major injuries of his own. Hmm? Yes, yes. Uh, but I think a lot of that's going to come down to what team would be willing to what team is willing to give sufficient draft capital and sufficient talent thinking that an AD 50 game a year player and hopefully plays the playoffs can fetch them a championship. The only team I know that comes out at the top of my head is Philly. It's still Philly. Uh, we would only really get back one in my opinion, future really, really, really good player. And then you'd have to take Tobias Harris's contract and then obviously get some draft capital. I think AD, I would ask OKC. That that would be my first call. OKC has draft capital, right? So and that's good players. And and good players, but why would they do that? Why would they do that for AD? They're not going to win a championship with Shea Gilgis and AD unless they get uh, Victor Wembanyama. Then maybe... With those three, I mean, don't you think they'd still need a year or so to, to go after it? Maybe. I don't know. They could they could trade three or four first round draft picks and still have yeah, but this is, first round. This is still this is still not look, we're not the NBA, I, I know that this first round draft picks became such a huge thing this recently. I look, 
if but they, you would get back a Chet Holmgren. If they you would pull, get back like a, maybe even a Jalen Williams. Then you think they would trade? Okay, if they had the first overall pick, they might consider trading Chet. At least that's what I think. But we're not going to know that until May, anyways. So uh, yeah, I'm just theorizing. We're just theorizing. Yeah, yeah. See, Daryl Morey wrote a great essay about this very topic, and he talked about how. In baseball, you need to look at the draft as salmon. There, there are so many salmon in a river to pick your to pick your 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 spots. When it comes to the NBA and first round draft picks, it's more like it's more like a herd of elephants. And like and like it's rare. It's rare. I mean, it's a scenario only if uh, this last 23 games. I think that's why this 23 games. Right. It's not only the most important regular season games of LeBron's career. I think we're overlooking the fact and all these other shows are overlooking the fact that these are also the most important regular season games, 23 regular season games for Anthony Davis as well. And not only that, D'Angelo Russell, he's playing for a new contract. A lot of those guys are playing for for a new contract. So it's also, for them, 23 of the most important games of their regular season career as well. So, I mean, it just, it it points to a lot of factors. The urgency is now there. If all of them understand the situation that they're now in, it's not just about the Lakers. Even if they don't care about the Lakers and they don't care about the Lakers getting the playoffs or playing, it's about their future as far as what they want to do as players and how much money they want to make and who, you know, what teams they want to play for, they won't be able to dictate that unless they play well, these next 23 games. A hundred percent, Gerald, a hundred percent. And if they know their history and with, of LeBron, there's been no greater influence in free agency to get guys paid than LeBron more than Shaq more than Wilt more than and we're talking about scale here because obviously they didn't make what they're making now but I'm just talking in the in the greater sense of who benefits the most off playing with LeBron well anybody who's a shooter basically I think the last numbers were that LeBron teammates of LeBron who entered free agency from I think about 06 to 17 made made a ridiculous amount of money. It's like 414 million. So Malik Beasley, D'Lo, Jared Vanderbilt, I, I I think they're all they're all mature enough to understand who they're playing with Gerald and why they need to be on their best behavior, dot their I's and cross their T's, be on their best P's and Q's especially on the court to prove yourself. And, you know, more than likely, at least two of those guys will probably do it. I'm hoping all three of them do, but there's, there's an emphasis to entering free agency, knowing you're playing with the LeBron James, who's going to get you the ball in your sweet spots. It's up to you to make it happen. It's up to you indeed, but we're here at the Lakers fast break. We're going to, Go ahead and talk about some of the storylines, Joe, uh, before we go ahead and, and conclude today's show and some of the storylines here in the NBA, not only with the Lakers and their urgency for the next 23 games, but also as well for the final games, as well as some of these teams making recent changes that have to come together quickly. We're talking about Dallas uh, that we're going to be seeing here in a few games. That's going to be with Kyrie and Luca, and they've not been off to the greatest start defensively because right now they're very defensively challenged and it's led to uh, you know a few losses here and there as well since Kyrie's come on but also in Phoenix because like you mentioned Kevin Durant is expected to return next Wednesday a week from today against Charlotte and that team has to mesh together and because there's a lot of big, big things expected for them your thoughts on how the West will shake out these next 20 or so games? Uh, I think Denver is the only sure bet to finish as a one seed. Mm-hmm. Seem to be I think pretty... they're too far ahead. Yeah, they're far ahead yeah. and they're, they're, they're healthy enough. And Jokic might be winning his third MVP in a row, which how do you fault that? 
but I just feel like I watched Kobe Bryant be a second seed a few times during MVP type seasons, and he wasn't even close to winning an MVP. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I know Jokic is, is talented, but I'm not, I have never as a viewer, as a person who's watched basketball as long as I have been, I've never feared Jokic in any capacity. And to me, there's got to be a level of fear when you play someone. There was a level of fear when you played against Allen Iverson. There was a level of fear when you watched Michael Jordan play against your team. There was a, the, the, you know, the true MVPs. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, just, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out in terms of the West altogether, but I, I'd say Denver is going to be there. Memphis is going to do their thing. Phoenix, I know they're saying plug and play with Durant. Yeah, probably. But how long will that last? That's going to be a, a flip of the coin. I don't know. I don't really know what's going on there. The West is so wide open, you might as well just call it the Wild West Conference. You really can't call that the Wild West Conference. And the Clippers have been on a run just before the All-Star break. And I know we're all happy about Russell Westbrook potentially destroying the Clippers. Oh, it was it was probably the best, best news I heard in a while uh, <laughs> since the trade. I Watching Russell Westbrook absolutely implode that team is going to just be just beautiful. And uh, I'm just hoping the Lakers can get a couple of wins here against them, though. The, the West is going to likely shape up the way it's supposed to, at least the, the top half with mm-hmm. interchanging there. What happens on the bottom half? Geez, I don't know. I don't know where, where that will go at the moment. I'll need another week to kind of assess that. Also here today to talk about the rest of the season for the Lakers and for the NBA. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his awesome YouTube channel today, the John McCallion channel. He just recently had yesterday a great stream talking about all the things going on within the world of, of course, Uber Eats and all the other gig work that's all available. So I know that you're extremely thrilled right now. I saw the uh, the title of it and was watching a few minutes and I'm like, oh, time for a change, my friend. But he does provide a lot of great videos for introspective for that people need to go ahead and watch it is John McCallion. John, great to have you here, my friend. Good to have you back live and in living color. Uh, I want to ask you, though, before we get into your thoughts on the NBA, let's talk about the Lakers real quick. You know there's 23 games left. You know LeBron has set, talked about his sense of urgency and how he's going to be available for all these games, et cetera, et cetera. Darvin Ham at today's practice talking about sixth place is the target goal for us and all that and what the Lakers have to do. What are your realistic thoughts about how far this Lakers team can get for the rest of the season? Yeah, what's going on, everyone? First and foremost, uh, I know me being on here is Joe's worst nightmare, but um, (laughs) (laughs) keep it Um, nice, kids. (laughs) I'm the nightmare. You don't, you don't scare me. You don't. You never will. Okay, whatever. Hope you sleep better at night. But uh, Darvin Ham, I sleep very well at night. That's good to know. Thanks for letting us know. Yeah, so Darvin Ham and I mean, everyone who is on the Lakers side, they're saying whatever they're supposed to say, right? They're not going to be like, you know what? Season's over. We're packing our bags and going home. So, you know, what, what really uh, I find admirable is Darby Ham saying that we're not only playing for play-in, but we're also playing for the sixth seed. And I thought that was cute because they barely have a chance to make the play-in. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, one of the things that, um, you know, I, I was thinking about is that if they don't make the play-in this season – um, do they just kind of blow the whole thing up and start over again next season, or do they bring everyone back? Um, well, we were talking you know, about AD as being a – if that happens, AD, the likelihood of AD being a trade, or at least the thought of him being a trade target increases substantially if it doesn't work out. Yeah, I could see uh, AD being shot around in the offseason, but again, I don't think they'll trade him unless AD asks for a trade or unless they talk to him about it and he says okay, uh, because Lakers have a track history of – you know, really working with their stars and making them feel good and, you know, treating them right, quote unquote. Um, so I think AD has has to have some type of approval if they're going to tra- if they're going to shop him around this offseason. I don't it's 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 a tough position. You know, I, I hope I hope they do make the plan and make a, you know, somewhat of a run in the playoffs. But 
It's all going to come down to, you know, how, how far LeBron and AD can carry this team because, you know, they have a roster now. They have, you know, they're a lot deeper than they were before the trade deadline. But again, it all comes down to LeBron and AD. As always, my friend, that's true. I mean, they've, they're, they've got to be on the court. If they're not on the court, we have Zippo chance. I don't care what new acquisitions that that Rob Palenka made. You know, if it comes down to it, you know, we saw them win uh, without one of them. But, yeah, I don't see uh, it lasting very long if, you know, AD gets hurt again or LeBron has to sit out a couple games. It's not going to be a pretty sight, and I don't think they'll get you know to to even five hundred if that's the case. Do you think Will Barton will be a good buyout or candidate? You know, we talked about that on last night's show. There's a reason why a guy that's a career forty three percent shooter was put on waivers, was bought out on his contract, and that's because defensively he has lost a step. Some say mm-hmm. a step and a half. So if he's just spotting up for you, maybe 10 minutes a game as someone who could mm-hmm. be a threat. But outside of that, I mean, really, what, who does he uh, supersede in the rotation? That's what I would ask. So we get him. So we bring him in. Do you want to put him ahead of Reeves? No. Do you want to put him ahead of Walker? I guess maybe Walker because Walker's Walker. so far down on the death chart that now he's like, you know, they, they should have moved him because he's now almost just, you know, gathering dust at this point in time, he's there for a minimal amount of minutes and that's it. So I uh, really, does that help you if he's in there five, 10 minutes a game? I, I don't know. It just, if you bring him in, what purpose will he serve other than just being like the backup to the backup, like, you know, keeping Wenyan Gabriel company at this point in time. <laughs> I think Wenyan Gabriel is even getting more minutes than, uh, than Will well, Barton not, would get. Now the bomb is here. Who knows? That's true. And, and Vanderbilt, as we've talked about, is like a much more talented version of Wenyan Gabriel that he provides. He's so good. Yeah, he 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 can play make, he can rebound, and actually play defense at different positions instead of just sticking at the five. I know Gabriel when he started out in the league, he was playing all over the place and switching all over the place, but then they realized that's not not could be yeah. his forte. And, and you know, Gerald, we we heard you know. When when you get him in the post, you can kind of cook him. Like I, I didn't see Brandon Ingram cooking him in the post. I, I saw him holding his own against him. I know. I agree. But catching you up to speed with the rest of us, John, your thoughts on the rest of the NBA or the Western Conference. Any storyline that you're seeing, does it stick out to you as something you're interested in? You know, as far as, oh, that's got to be a major key as far as a, a, a through line for the rest of the season. I'm sure you guys have already heard all the banter that's been going around with Pat Bev signing with Chicago and um, <laughs> saying that he wants revenge and all this stuff. I was actually listening to ESPN radio this morning and uh, I think they hit it right the nail on the head because they said, you know, Pat Bev has already done his part. He's one, he's one of the reasons why the, the Lakers are in this position because, you know, he, he, he didn't play well. And, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why, you know, they're, they're at risk of not making the playoffs. So, uh, you know, to me, that's mildly interesting. But when I look around the NBA, um, I think the Boston situation is interesting as much as it hurts me. Joe Mazzullo, he's a new head coach. He's no longer interim. So, um, you know, good for him. That's... Same thing with Jacques Vaughn and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's always nice to see those coaches that, you know, work their tail off. Um, and just because they're not a big name sometimes, um, you know, they don't get the, um, the the permanent role. But it's nice to see these young coaches get the permanent role. Um, the West, the West is uh, is is a lot more clustered than I thought. I think that's why the Lakers have a chance of making a play in this this season. But other than that, no, nothing really, um, you know, strike, strikes uh, or piques my interest. So we talked about on last night's show. Joe and L. Rob predicted fifteen and eight. Sean and I predicted sixteen and seven. What are your thoughts on a realistic prediction for the next twenty three games for the Los Angeles Lakers? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if LeBron's healthy. I think AD is is uh, is closer to being healthy than LeBron is. But thing is with AD, uh, now now that he's you know somewhat recovered from his injury, I think it's all in his head. He's worried that if he plays again, he's going to get hurt again, and that's that's messing with his with his mental. So he doesn't look like himself out there. Um, I don't know what else he's got got going in his head because you know we saw him sit down uh, whenever if LeBron broke Kareem's record. On it. <sighs> Okay, my, um, I would say fifteen and eight if if all goes well. I mean, everything has to go right. 
Wow, Joe's mm. uh, Joe and Elrob. All right. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Okay, there you go. So 15 and 8, 16 and 7, those seem to be the numbers. Uh, although actually somebody did pick eight and uh, 15. So, uh, you know, that's, they're expecting AD to get hurt, but 10 games over. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we did actually have someone pick 17 and six as a, as a number as well, thinking very optimistically. Okay. So I will say though, that, uh, you know, I think that the Lakers do need to make sure that they come out of the gate strong. These next three games, like Joe was talking about, very important, very important, Sean. So before we go, for tonight's show, I want to go ahead, Sean, and, and again, please let me know what the Lakers need to do rotation-wise. Bamba's now in the mix as far as it's concerned. A lot of people are, are excited about him. I know Kenneth Stone was talking about him. Should we potentially see more minutes for him and AD together in the lineup? Yes, Gerald. I, I would definitely definitely like to see more minutes with them together. Um, I I, I I'm just trying to remember. I I forget off the top of my head what their what their ratings were, but they 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 weren't uh, inefficient at all. Uh, you know, there there were some some spotty possessions here and there, but for the most part, I thought they were just trying to uh, learn off one another and Bamba more leaning on AD to try and you know help help direct them around uh, around the paint as a rim deterrent. Um, you know, if if I was Ham, Gerald, uh, I would try and keep the same rotations that he did last time. I mean, just it was peanut butter and jelly for, you know, about 30, 35 minutes. And then, you know, you let the Pelicans come back here and there. But for the most part, your guys played hard in the roles that they were in. And it, there's, I just like, we, we keep, talking about a Gerald until we're blue in the face he's got to stagger ad in lebron's minutes i don't like the idea of of one of them and both of them being off the court and you know look schroeder's schroeder's a pretty decent uh point guard but i just uh, you know gerald there's 23 games left if they want to make a push they've got to stagger the minutes and make sure at least one of them is on the court at all times. Something we've been talking about for weeks here at the Lakers fast break, LeBron and AD, one of them needs to be there on the floor at all times to make sure that the offense flows correctly and well. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Joe, that's something I think that they should at least try a little bit is Bamba and AD at some point in time during the game. I know Bamba did not have the most impressive of debuts, got in foul trouble early, looked a little bit nervous and shaky. I'm going to pass a little bit off on that, but also as well, he's not He's still showing some of the things that he showed in Orlando, which is why he never was able to break out in Orlando. But your thoughts, I think that if if he plays alongside AD, even if for a five, 10 minute span, we can at least get a better idea if those two can play together. He was doing a little bit of that in Orlando with Wendell Carter Jr. I think he can do a lot of that with AD if given the chance. Darvin Ham hasn't shown the ability to run a consistent lineup for a 48-minute game. His staggering of LeBron and AD out at the same time is enough proof to show you that he doesn't know how to interchange his offense with one leading or one not leading. That's a great point, Joe. It's 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 not I I don't it it, it pains me to say this as an observer someone who's never coached in the NBA or played in the NBA, I don't understand how 
an observer in the middle of nowhere understands this, and a lot of people out there understand it, but this guy doesn't. Other than the usual issue with a lot of these coaches, which is stubbornness. Now I'm going to do a little Sean uh, verbiage here. Sean likes to bring past stuff in. As Chuck Noll used to say, it's only stubbornness if you're wrong. If you're right, it's not stubbornness. It's doing the right thing. He is being stubborn because he can't seem to let, at least that's my observation, can't seem to understand basic concepts of why to do A or B. It's just not there. He doesn't have the ability, at least not right now. I don't know how that would change after next year. You could have said that there was a level of talent that wasn't there. Yes, to some degree, but he also made very bad decisions in close games. Bad coaching loses close games. Players that don't have the killer instinct loses games. And we had a combination of both. So I don't, I don't see at this moment as of February 22nd, 2023, I don't see Darvin Ham as the correct coach for this team, even if you keep this team intact, meaning you sign Beasley, you sign Russell, and you sign Vanderbilt, which I would be in total support of because you have now three mid-20 players hitting their prime and understand their roles, and they have a talent that is desperately needed with a AD and LeBron-esque team. But we're not being led by the right guy again. We would have been better off keeping Frank Vogel. At least we would have known that Frank Vogel would have been able to coach this particular roster the right way on one side of the on one side of the floor, which would have been fine because LeBron James offense is pretty basic. It's LeBron controlling the tempo. AD, you can get away with not having a sophisticated offensive scheme when you have two talented players like that, and of course, guys that can shoot the ball. But they made a ma major mistake making, and this is again back to why we were blaming Rob and Jeannie, and, and rightfully so, because they did make a bad decision there. You had a <laughs> you had a coach who won you a championship, and you fired him a year and a half out of that championship. That doesn't make any sense. Why? Because he made Russell Westbrook angry. A, a dead ant makes Russell Westbrook angry. <laughs> okay? It, that, that should never be the barometer for anything, ever. And the, the Clippers are going to find out how angry they're going to be after he <laughs> implodes that entire organization again this year. So I have confidence that AD and LeBron can win when they're on the court because they've done it, and they've done it at the ultimate level, which means they've won the last game of the year. And we know that the young guys that they got can ball and they can shoot. So now it's all really on. I mean, Rob did his job. All LeBron and AD have to do is show up and play. And then, of course, you know the young guys are going to do it because they have to. They have a contract coming up here. They're going to play hard. Now we're going to find out how good Darvin Ham is with this new team and if he can lay off his stubbornness, which is what I think has ultimately been the problem from the coaching standpoint. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We're previewing the post all-star break run for the Los Angeles Lakers. John, before we head on out, uh, you know, what do they need to do in these first 10 games? Let, we already talked about what they can do 15 and eight, 16 and seven, what they, we think they can do. What do they need to do? Because these first 10 games are critical because, you know, when it comes to games, 15, 20, 22, 23, we already know pretty much where the Lakers will stand at that point in time in the Western Conference. What do they need to do in these next 10 games to assure themselves a place, you know, in, in competitiveness in the Western Conference? Yeah, that's a million dollar question right there, right? I know that they don't have a lot of time because they only have 23 games left with basically replacing half their roster, um, you know, towards the tail end of the season. Uh, in my opinion, I think they really need to learn each other's tendencies because once they do that, they'll be able to move the ball a lot better and they'll be able to get more guys involved because one of the things when it comes to basketball, regardless if you're an NBA or if you're playing, you know, pick up basketball on the court, 
if, you know, if uh, most of the players don't touch the ball, then they're not going to be interested. So I think, you know, with D'Angelo running the ball or even LeBron, um, just, just learning each other's tendencies, you know, just getting comfortable with each other. I think, I think if they can get comfortable with each other next few games, it seems like they already have the chemistry, which is good. Um, if they can build on that, I think, uh, you know, they'll see some success. Sean, these next 10 games are all potential playoff teams. Golden State, Dallas, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, mm -hmm. Golden State one more mm -hmm. time, Memphis, Toronto, New York, and New Orleans. Your thoughts on this, my friend. It gets easier after they get over that hump, but I think they need to go 7-10 and 10 to send a message to the NBA. Yeah, I agree, Gerald. I agree. Seven and three over the next ten, yes, because it gets it gets a lot easier in that next thirteen games. Yes, it does. You know, um, even though Steph's going to be back in a week, I think with the the squad you got, it should be a squad goal that you should win those two games. You could split Memphis. That's three out of four, and then. Yeah, I can see them winning four of those next six. You play the Raptors, you play the Knicks, you play the Pelicans, you play the Mavs. I could definitely see them going on going on a roll there. But yeah, it starts with tomorrow night. It starts tomorrow night. Like I said, man, I I really think look if LeBron's dead serious about what he said, I'm expecting him to punch them in the mouth hard real hard and you know that's tone setter sometimes tone setters are necessary right i mean unfortunately we saw what happened last year after the all-star break man we went 925 we were just circling the drain two weeks after that break we that can't happen this time you have to you have to set the tone from the jump right from the start Pop Absolutely. them, pop them hard, and you're gonna you're gonna show everybody that yeah, we can't take them lightly tonight. You know, like this is a whole new crew LeBron's got. We can't take them lightly. No, we can't at all. And uh, Joe, like I said, the next ten games, it's going to be uh, that's going to be the tough stretch for the Lakers. I mean, winning is the focus. Starvinham says for the less Lakers rest of the way. Should have been the focus the entire way, but okay, notwithstanding, the next 10 games are going to be the test for us. That is our season, is the next 10 games, I believe. No, the focus was there. It's just they could execute it because you've you've had issues with creating plays that can allow certain players to get separation to an open shot. When your lead guy seems to want to pass, mainly on last second shots as a coach if you have a player that doesn't want to take the last shot then you need to start practicing creating plays to open up an open shot it's i feel like an idiot saying this to a bunch of professional coaches in the highest league in the planet but that's the stuff that we've watched and that we we hadn't seen a lot of. Now, the sad thing about the most recent last-minute games, losses, wins, whatever, mainly losses, was the one time LeBron went to the hole, he got hacked, and no call was made. Now, that's understandable. You tried. It didn't work. But we should have been doing that earlier, and that likely wouldn't have hurt as much. These losses hurt more and more as we get deeper into this, those losses wouldn't hurt as much if you were winning the games you were supposed to. You have supposedly the best players on your team. You need to use those guys. That's that's what we're used to seeing. Great players make great plays at the end of the game to win the games. Great coaches or good coaches set the table for them so they can win. If you can't set the table for LeBron or AD, then what are you there for? To, to, to give Newt Rockney speeches. I don't, I don't give a rat's behind about talk. Matter of fact, I would prefer not to listen to any of them talk. And I, I don't really watch the pre and post game stuff anymore. 
those guys are obligated to take those interviews because of the league rules, which I get it, but I don't need to listen to it either. And my hope has been the last decade that if I didn't watch it enough, they'd stop doing it. But I don't think I mean anything to them, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, and Marshawn Lynch used that line already, so nobody can really use it again. This is true. This is I'm true. sure, so I won't be fine. <laughs> Well, it's like uh, one of the title to one of the most recent John McCallion videos on his channel. What do you want your <laughs> legacy to be? Hmm? Right there. Nice Cheap tie plug. in there. Yes. So before we head on out, I have one last question I want to pose to you guys. And I'll start with you first, Sean. There's one key player for the rest of the season for the Los Angeles Lakers to get it done. Who do you think that is? Uh yeah, you know it's uh I guess we're gonna have to go with the the man of the hour. It's gonna be LeBron James. Uh, he's a captain of the ship here, so this is this is Captain Ahab going after the white whale. So he's either gonna get the whale or we're gonna go down with the ship, Gerald. So you say it's LeBron. You got a new you got a new batch of recruits. You got guys who can actually ball with you now. All three of those guys can play with you in transition. Delo's become a much better shooter in the half court. Malik Beasley's, we've seen how hot he can get. So, I mean, to me, it's a situation, Gerald, where he doesn't need to score 30 every night now. Well, like, we needed him to score 30 just to be competitive in most games. Now he, he, can, he can drop 25. Uh, ten and twelve all day, and I think we'll we'll win a lot of games. John, I want to ask you the same question, my friend. If there's one player you think that uh, should be the key to the Lakers' next twenty three games, who would that be? I think AD's the wild card because if LeBron's healthy or healthyish, we know what we're gonna get from him. But AD, I mean, I think he's relatively healthy now. I don't I don't know if he'd still be playing if he if if his foot was still bothering. Maybe it still is. But I think for him, it's mostly just mentally. He just got to, um, you know, play the way that he did those earlier in the season where he was having 40, 50, 50, 55-point games. And, um, you know, if that happens, then, you know, we're virtually unstoppable given, you know, um, if, if LeBron and everyone else is healthy as well. Joe, we heard it from John being AD. We heard it from Sean being LeBron. Your thoughts on who the key player is for the Lakers for the rest of the tiebreaker. Tie the, key, the, the, the key player for the next 23 games? Yes. There isn't a key player. It's Well, if you had to focus on one, the key, the key. Come on. We're... There's there's no key. Uh, if AD's out, you're screwed. If LeBron is out, you're screwed. If Darvin Ham keeps coaching the way he's doing, we're screwed. It's It's not – this is a team issue. This is a team issue, and if they don't play together and they're not playing every game the rest of the way, this is going to – there's no margin of error. It's like this. They have to all play. If Delo sucks the next 23 games, they're not making the playoffs. Simple as that. Even if LeBron and AD are playing well, they're still not going to – they're not going to make it. They have no margin of error. This team has to play healthy the rest of the way and focused. If you stay, take one, even if you're taking a day off, even if you're taking a day off, okay, on a crappy team, crappy team, you're, 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 you're done with, you're done. You're not, you're going to destroy your momentum and go the way you need to go. I still think AD is probably the key to me because again, his health is a paramount and I, it's such a big question mark from day to day, came to game every time he falls on the floor. <laughs> We're just like, is this the moment? Is this the time? So we'll see what happens. But you're right. You know, if LeBron or AD are out any length of time, you could pretty much kiss it goodbye. But also these Lakers, the rest of these Lakers, uh, like we've mentioned, D'Angelo, Malik, uh, you know, as far as the, let's go for Jerry, even Jared Vanderbilt to an extent, you know, all these players have something to play for. In the case of Jared, he does have his contract uh, as far as guaranteed for next season at a very small rate, which the Lakers absolutely love. But, you know, Beasley, he's playing for a new contract. D'Angelo, he's playing for potentially a $30 million a year contract, you know, hoping to get signed like that, hoping to be valued above what even Jalen Brunson got in the open market, which I don't think he'll get. But 
you never know. In the next 23 games, it's the eye of the beholder. So if that's the case, a lot of these guys have something to prove. And that's something I think that's got to be a through line as far as all these players, even Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba has to play like he's worth something unless, you know, if he doesn't, then the Lakers have an easy what They don't have a, it's not a full, they don't have to, uh, there's there's a small buyout, I think, involved as far as uh, Mo Bamba's concerned, but they can get rid of his contract and let him go real easily in the summer if they want to. So, you know, that's the case. A lot of these players have something to prove, and if they don't get it done in the next 23 games, there could be some massive changes in store. So that's what we're looking for. But, John, uh, any last thoughts before we head on out? Um, Hold tight because – or sit tight because it's going to be – a. It's good. It looks like it's going to be a no biter, assuming everyone stays healthy. That's a big if. Yeah, that's these first ten games are key, absolutely key. If you look at the schedule, again, all of these next ten games are playing against an opponent that has the same kind of incentive yep. for the playoffs that the Lakers do. Joe, any last thoughts before we end now? Uh, sit in front on the roller coaster. Yeah. If something when when the when it comes off you're the first to die you don't have to worry about watching anybody else die in front of you uh, and i just watched the new tron cycle uh coaster the other day at uh disney world and from the front so i was like okay yeah he's got that image as you were saying that okay See? See? i just fall off the tron light cycle and there i go i get derezzed but uh zangerstein back here as well sovereign hope you're feeling better thanks so much to everybody as part of being part of the chat today Great chat. The best Lakers chat is out there. Search and destroy. Terrence, Kenneth Stone, Blue Magic, Daniel. Great, great conversation today. We're going to try and be on late tonight. Jamie is asked again to be on Lakers late night tonight. So if you guys want to join us for more conversation, you guys up there, John and Joe, if you want to join me for a midnight conversation, because I guess he's working the stage tonight. He's working a show. So he said, after I go and perform, get off the stage and then come right here to the Lakers fast break. So, And then the Magic Man in the morning is coming up on Friday morning from what I hear. And of course, our post game is tomorrow after a playback.tv slash Lakers fast break live watch party at 7 p.m. So join us for that. And then the best post game in town, of course, is right here at the Lakers fast break podcast.